0: The Fields Auto Group proudly presents
1: Huddle Up oh. with Bucky Brooks. <laughs> JP Shagger, John Osier, and NFL network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Everything's got to be about the future, it's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season.
1: Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Starts right now,
2: and welcome
0: in. It is Wednesday. It is Thanksgiving Eve, and it's huddle up with Bucky Brooks. We've got a busy show ahead. Of course, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joining us from Los Angeles. Senior writer John Ozer joining us from this desk, about six feet away from me. The Ravens and the Jaguars coming up in Week Twelve. The Ravens at seven and three, first place in the AFC North. The Jaguars three and seven, third place in the AFC South. We'll go to social media. Couple questions today. People getting ready for the holiday tomorrow, but the Jaguars back on the practice field today. They were on Monday as well, coming off the bye week. Uh, John, with me here, Bucky out in L.A. What's up, Buck? Good afternoon.
3: What's up? What's up? We had the bye week, had a week off. Now I'm back. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to see what the Jaguars got cooking up down the stretch.
0: All right, you're refreshed and ready, John. Are you refreshed and ready? I'm ready. You're not refreshed. No. You're not
3: refreshed. <laughs> no,
1: I'm bitter.
0: Be- well, nothing's changed. Right, better, better, never changed. Better that's and cool. old.
3: That's, that's that's the weekly routine. That give me tell me something new. Yeah. Welcome to Wednesday.
0: That's that's, right. what, <laughs> that's John I think. Hey, uh, so let's hear from Doug Peterson today. There's there's seven games left. We just saw the record there, of course, seven and three, and many are saying, Oh, the Jags are done. They're cooked. It's over. Forget it. They're not mathematically done, and for head coach Doug Peterson, that has to be a mindset. You're alive until you're not.
2: You know, I'm encouraged by the attitude of the team. Um, I think they're in the right frame of mind, and anything's possible. You know, I, I've seen it. I've experienced it in this league. You know, you get a little you get a little luck on your side. You know, the ball bounces your way, and, and anything's possible. You know, but we're just taking it one game at a time right now, and, and we're focused on Baltimore.
0: One game at a time, that's all you can do. You can't win all seven unless you win the first one, Bucky, and uh, that starts this week against the Ravens. But that has to be the mindset, right, of a competitor. You're in it until – you're mathematically out.
3: Yeah, you're in until you're mathematically out of it. And I think uh, for Jaguars fans, like I I always go back to the way we were sitting back in 96 when we were 3-6 and or whatever we were before we went on a run. And what it takes is like really kind of stacking them up one game at a time. What you're hoping is that you can play well enough in a game to begin to build some momentum and some belief, some belief that you can go on a run. And so as Doug Peterson is talking about, hey, we're in until we're not, That's a big part of it. And so you want to keep playing. You want the guys to keep practicing as if there's an opportunity. And look, it is. Now, it would take some things to go your way, but what you want to do is control the things that you can control. And the Jaguars certainly can control their preparation and their performance. And so you put all your eggs in that basket and just kind of see what happens after that.
1: I kind of look at the rest of the season like this, Bucky and JP. Um, They have seven left. Uh, It would not shock me individually if they want any of them, meaning you know I, any given I, Sunday they yeah I think they're gonna hang. be in yeah. in all of them yeah I think they're going to upset one or two teams that a lot of fans are saying oh there's no way they could beat X you know they're saying well they mean, can't beat Dallas can't beat the Ravens team's winning records I think they'll get a couple of those um what I don't know about this team is are they good enough in close games to get five or six of them I mean I you know I It still feels like that is a little bit of a a coin flip. So if you flip a coin, you're probably going three and four, four and three. That's probably about their limit. Um, The other thing that, you know, don't take this the wrong way, Bucky, but that 96 team, I covered it really good when they got to the playoffs. Those last five games they played that year were against teams that were struggling. Jaguars have a little bit more of a – of a tough road if they're going to try to do that because you've got Baltimore, uh, Dallas, the Jets, Tennessee twice twice, who are playing for something and need it. So it's it's a tough road, but I think they're going to be better and I think they're going to get two that people don't expect. And I think that will make people feel good going into the
3: offseason. Interesting. No, look, I I mean, I think that's that's a very valid point. No, we certainly – I would say – gave away the games on the schedule that might have been marked down as winnable games early, right? You, you give away a game to the Houston Texans, no disrespect, even though they have an eight-game winning streak over us. Uh, you think about some of the other games that are potential snatchers, like in terms of the Washington Commanders. But So you can't get those games back. But what you can do is hope to put yourself in a position to win those games. We have seen this team play well at times against solid teams and maybe disappoint. I think the main thing Uh, that you want to finish the season with is you want to finish the season with a clear sense of who you are from an identity standpoint. What's our style of play? How do we get after it on both sides of the ball? And where can we kind of continue to build to make sure that we're always playing to the brand? And so as Doug Peterson talks about making sure that the team kind of plays the right way, uh, playing the right way is making sure you're playing to the standard and the brand so you now can fill in the pieces next year in the offseason via free agency or the draft.
1: Don't you feel, Bucky, like Uh, You mentioned uh, establishing an identity and and figuring out how you're going to play. Don't you feel like through 10 weeks they've made a dramatic stride with that offensively? I feel like I know what Doug wants to be and what this team wants to be. And, yes, there's been a few red zone uh, snafus that have sort of curtailed them having a chance to win. But the offense has moved the ball. I, I feel comfortable this is a good offense now. I feel mm-hmm. comfortable that it's going to continue to be productive, that the red zone will get worked out as Trevor Gaines experience. To me, that all seems on the right track. And I kind of wonder if, if defensively, if maybe they're not missing a piece or two that will make it difficult to establish it. I'm not sure it's anybody's fault. It's just sort of where they are right now. And you'll have a better chance to do that next year. Maybe I'm, uh, Maybe I'm missing something.
3: No, you're not missing anything. I think I think it's very very clear and apparent that the team missing some pieces defensively to allow them to play the way that they I think want to play. Right now, um, you're in a bit of a conundrum at, at in the secondary because if you want to play man to man, you don't appear to have the athleticism and the speed to do that on a full time basis. If you want to play zone, it doesn't appear that you have enough guys with the toolboxes necessary. To play zone coverage, meaning whether it's their footwork or whether it's their IQ and in terms of like football IQ, in terms of situational awareness, uh, reading and diagnosing and those things, you don't appear to have all of that. And so as you get into these offseason meetings and you're the defensive coordinator, defensive staff is talking about what they ideally want at the position. Maybe in this offseason, you can get players that more match uh, the style of play that you envision.
0: A lot of season left, though, before we uh, get down that path. Still some time to figure all of that out with seven games to go. We're back in a moment, and we'll get into the next game ahead on the schedule. The Baltimore Ravens come to town. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Hey, and join us at the bank this Sunday as the Jaguars carve up the Ravens. The Jags will be serving sides of sacks as Josh Allen and the defense come to play. Gosh, I hope so. Seats are selling fast, so call 633-2000 or visit jaguars.com slash tickets and lock in your spot for Sunday's game. Ten or more in your crew? Ask about the group ticket discount. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.
2: You just hope to slow them down, honestly. Um, have gone against him before and and you know, he definitely can beat you both running and throwing and uh you just gotta be you know you gotta be committed to the, the discipline of your job and and you know it just comes down to that and obviously you gotta win your matchups you know on, on defense and um you can't let uh you know you can't let your eyes wander you gotta be disciplined there and and you, like i said you just hope to contain you know he's gonna make his plays he's he's that good and and um but, you know, when you get a chance to tackle him, you got to make sure you, you wrap him up because he's strong enough to get out of that too. That's the head
0: coach, of course, Doug Peterson, earlier today. And welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier alongside as well. The Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday's game presented by Publix where shopping is a pleasure. More from the head coach coming up and more on the Ravens coming up. But some uh, some breaking news, Bucky. Your colleague in mm. colleague NFL Network, uh, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero, reporting that the Jaguars have claimed running back Darrell Henderson, who was cut by the Rams. Mm. Interesting. Um, first off, what'd you make of the cut in L.A.? And, hey, what do you think he could do here?
3: No, I think it's a very interesting. Uh, move. And the reason why it's interesting is because we talked about uh, when you lost James Robinson, who were the next guys up? And so you saw Jermichael Hasty have more opportunities, but you still knew you needed another one. Uh, Henderson has been a very productive back for the Rams. I won't say very. <clears throat> He's been a productive back. I think he was their leading rusher this year. And so now you, give an op- give a, you get a guy who has an opportunity to jump into rotation and make some contributions to take some of the load off Travis at the end. Uh, one of the things you want to do when you're looking at waiver wire acquisition is: is this guy capable of filling a role? Can he fill a role on offense while also giving you some special teams ability? Obviously, the Jaguars believe that he can do so. It should be great. It should be a great move. Great addition.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. A running back can come in and uh, contribute pretty quickly. Uh, I think a lot of fans would say, "Well, why did you give up uh, J. Rob in the first place?" Well, they wanted. You know, there were other factors there. They wanted to get. Value for a player they thought they could get some value from, uh, keeping an eye on the big picture of the rebuild within this season. This move makes a lot of sense and I think he'll help. Uh, I know they don't want to have Travis Etienne touching the ball 28, 29 times, which I think was his number against the Raiders. It was, That's it, right. It, it was up high. there. It was high. like mm-hmm. it that high. So uh, this seemed like a move that. They clearly weren't desperate to do that because they didn't do it over the buy. They waited until, you know, you know the pitch kind of came to them. But you know, you know the pitch kind of came to them and they swung.
0: So there you have it. Well, uh, that that just broke about five uh, seven minutes ago on uh, Twitter from Ian Rappaport, Darrell Henderson claimed by the Jaguars now. Priority number one this week, guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson. You might have heard of him. Former MVP quarterback can run all over the field. Can throw it around also. And on your screen, you see his numbers this year, 2,000 through the year almost. He's a run for three touchdowns. He's thrown for 16, seven picks. He only has one outing against the Jaguars. It was pretty good, though, three touchdowns back in 2020. His last game in this stadium was 2017, New Year's Eve, the Tax Slayer Bowl, as it was called at the time. It was his last college game. He threw four interceptions in the game. He ran for over 150 yards and a touchdown as well, threw a couple touchdown passes, but uh, Mississippi State won that game over Louisville. That's been a while, uh, but Lamar Jackson is priority number one this week, guys. No doubt. Well,
1: and Bucky, I did not mean to interrupt you. I know it's your show, but um, I think that stat that JP just threw out uh, speaks to the vision that you kind of have to respect the Ravens for having Because this – This kid was not a guarantee. There's a lot of people who who always criticize every team in the past. Well, why in the world did you do that? Well, there were a lot of questions, and that game showed a lot of questions, and you have to give the Ravens a lot of credit for seeing it, knowing what they wanted, building around, helping him develop. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a question for the scout and the draft, Nick, but here's a question for the draft guy. Where did you have Lamar, and are you surprised that he's uh, been as great as he's been? Because he has been great.
3: Uh, I thought he was underrated in the process. I think my issue with uh, the way Lamar was viewed was whatever issue you had Lamar Jackson, you had to have similar issues with Josh Allen. And so the disparity between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson kind of baffled me because Lamar Jackson was a better and more productive college player than Josh Allen, yet – uh, Josh Allen was viewed as a better prospect because of high weight speed and intangibles, not intangibles, but arm talent and those things. Um, I still think that um, the Baltimore Ravens haven't fully tapped into all that Lamar Jackson could be. And that's kind of crazy to say that when you talk about a former MVP candidate, and a guy who has a, a extremely successful record as a starter. But yeah, the tax layer bowl certainly impacted the way people viewed him because he had a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers in it. <laughs> <clears throat> kind of kicked up the narrative again that he couldn't be a pocket quarterback, that he couldn't function within the pocket and have to deliver dime after dime if he's not able to utilize his athleticism.
1: Here's a, uh, another question for the uh, <laughs> scout or whatever we're calling Bucky today. Right. Um, and I've wrestled with this all week, and it, it doesn't matter. It's just kind of an interesting question. Who scares you more, Bucky, if you're you know uh, 10 points up <clears throat> on a team with 12 minutes to go, and you've got either Mahomes or Lamar, uh, what scares you more? And I guess the point is they both scare you, but you know Lamar in that situation, whatever you say he's not, whatever he is or isn't, mm. he when the game's on the line and you need points, this guy's as dangerous as the guys that they consider absolutely elite.
3: Yeah, you know, the funny thing about Lamar in comparison to Patrick Mahomes, I think Patrick Mahomes is kind of the perfect world, right? Because what you ideally want is an A-plus quarterback who is athletic. He has that. Patrick Mahomes is athletic as they come when it comes to it, but running is secondary. Now, he's not the runner that Lamar Jackson is, but he runs just enough to annoy you. Uh, Picking up first downs, scrambles, uh, improvisational skills where he's able to make plays on and off schedule. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a more dynamic runner. Uh, the strength of his game speaks to his, is his running ability, his ability to run in between the tackles, get on the edges, and those things. Uh, he does have outstanding arm talent. I believe he's really at his best because it's funny. We've seen him kind of be stuck in an offense where he's always in shotgun. I would love to see him have the opportunity to run a Kyle Shanahan-type of offense where he is under center. He is able to control the backside defensive end with bootlegs, and those things, because that's what he did in Louisville. I think people forget that he played for Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino isn't an RPO guy. Bobby Petrino has some pro style elements to that offense, and so I don't believe he's been fully maximized during his time at Baltimore. But he is very, very dangerous, even in those late game situations, because even if he's inaccurate, his athleticism poses a lot of problems, and it changes how you have to call your defense in those moments. Yeah,
1: it's funny, JP. I'm the biggest uh, pocket passer snob uh, yes,
2: there is. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. Yes, you um, are. Yes, you, you are. are.
1: But and, and, and so as soon as I sit here and say, well, I'd rather have my because he can do it from the pocket, when I really sit there and think about how I'm going to feel in the press box on Sunday, if the Jaguars are leading <laughs> by five with three minutes to go, that's right. There's not that much difference in the fear factor uh-uh. with Mahomes on the field as as uh, Lamar Jackson. So I guess that's my point is yeah. you, you, know, you can say ideally what you want in a quarterback, but this guy is dangerous, effective, and I'm not so sure that he's not just as much of a, a, a winner, all that stuff. Uh, you know – as
0: my and then take into consideration the changes that the Jaguars' defense is going to come out of the bye week with, and uh, Devin Lloyd and, and Chad Moomer are going to rotate, according to head coach Doug Peterson, down the stretch here at linebacker. They've had some issues against running-style quarterbacks this year, Bucky, and the tight end game over the years, as we've known it, uh, against this Jags defense uh, has, you know, the other tight ends have played well. And, and Mark Andrews is a good one for sure for the Ravens. So it's a tough challenge this week. And uh, how about, first of all, that rotation? Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma two rookie linebackers, trying to figure it out.
3: Yeah, it should be really interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, Chad Mumma is the stud. I've liked him throughout the process. I thought he was one of the top linebackers in the draft. Devin Lloyd, I've also had an affinity for because I felt like his versatility and big play ability uh, would eventually make him a star at the next level. The fact that these guys are sharing time, yeah, it kind of speaks to maybe there's some concerns about which one should be on the field more, which doesn't really bode well for Devin Lloyd. But I think what you do is you get as many good players on the field as you can, and then you figure out the best way to play them. Uh, Chad Mumman is outstanding. I mean, he really reminds me a lot of uh, Logan Wilson, who's up at uh, Cincinnati, who was his counterpart at uh, Wyoming. He's a terrific player, great instincts, great awareness, natural communicator, all those things. I think Devin Lloyd is also outstanding, but I don't know if he's kind of found his way in this defense. And I also don't know if the coaches have fully uh, figured out how to deploy him to put him in a position where he's always playing to his strength.
1: Yeah, and I had a couple people – email me this week of, well, you're going to lose speed and the ability to chase down uh, Lamar Jackson if you have Mooma on the field. I I don't know that Lloyd's that much better run and chase guy than Mooma. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Lloyd has that knack for, for making plays, but when I watched Mooma in college, Bucky, I saw, a, I saw a fast guy who can chase.
3: Yeah, look, his thing was he was – uh, a linebacker, like a linebacker that could play in the middle, a linebacker to play weak side, great instincts and awareness, could key and diagnose, plays fast as a sideline to sideline chaser. Uh, in my estimation, I felt like he was a guy that was like a, a, a borderline uh, first, second round pick just because of the way that he collected tackles and made plays. Devin Lloyd is a different type linebacker. And I think it's unfortunate they're playing the same position in this defense. But Devin Lloyd to me was more of an edge presence. Uh, more so than an off ball linebacker. Now, he's been able to transition. He's made plays and done some things, but it was his versatility, his pass rush ability, and then his overall playmaking ability that really made him a first round pick. Not necessarily that he was an off the ball linebacker that was going to sit there and play like Shaquille Leonard has played for the Indianapolis Colts for years. He's a Swiss Army knight. He's got to need to spend some time on the edges. He needs to be blitzed. He needs to occasionally drop in coverage. He is not your traditional, hey, I'm going to sit in a 50 alignment and play this position kind of like they played in yesteryear. He's not that kind of player. Would you
0: give Devin some pass rush snaps, outside linebacker
3: types? Absolutely, because I think ultimately, man, when you evaluate college players, you have to put them in a role that is very similar to the role that they played in college if you want that kind of production. And so he was a very impactful pass rusher. We've seen him make plays. Uh, On interceptions, but he is a guy that I believe needs to come forward more than he goes backwards because the plays come. He has too long of a history of being a playmaker to not have plays made with him on the field. You got to put your guys in the best position to make plays and the Jaguars are still kind of sorting through that and eventually maybe they'll find a solution. We'll
0: come back in a moment. A little more on the Ravens-Jaguars matchup, of course. We'll get to social media. Question on Twitter today, and it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital
1: Network.
2: These guys have played a lot of football together. right? It's a vet group played together, even though it's a new coordinator. Scheme-wise, it's the same, right? And um, they played a lot of football together, a lot of confidence there, mixed fronts, mixed personnel, um, blitz at any time, you know, and, and then create create, you know, some havoc that way, so um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to run the ball, but uh, you still have to try.
0: That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, earlier today on the Ravens defense. Welcome back. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks on a Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, J.P. Shadrick, John Ogier, and Bucky Brooks. The Jaguars and the Ravens coming up Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. Team will have some work tomorrow, a little bit, and then uh, normal work, and then normal work on Friday, and uh, there we go. It's game week. The Jags are back home this Sunday, and you know... This Ravens defense is really good, Bucky. I mean, they've been at it for a long time. His point was this group has been together for a while. Some veteran players on that team, starting with Calais Campbell up front and some veteran pass rushers on this team. And then the linebacker groups playing well. they got guys on the back end. It's about as complete of a defense as you'll find, I think.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's a very complete defense. It's a defense that challenges you in a bunch of different ways. One – Physicality and toughness. You can be challenged in that regard. you got to be able to put your big boy pads on and kind of go and, and brawl in the phone booth. The other part that you have to deal with is you got to deal with all of the different pressures and exotics that they will bring. Uh, Mike McDonald's is a new defensive coordinator, but he's a Raven. And Raven defensive coordinators love to bring pressure. They're not afraid to come after you. They'll bring pressure from everywhere. Uh, and they're going to test the quarterback. And then the final part of it is this is a defense that is loaded with playmakers and ball hawks. Uh, Marcus Peters loves to sit and squat, and he's going to try and take one or two from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Marlon Humphrey uh, has a knack for punching the ball out. So whenever you have the ball and you're in his proximity, you got to put two hands on it because he'll knock it out. And so this is a game that kind of tests the fundamentals of the Jaguars, but it also will test the mindset. How mentally tough are the Jaguars? Can they brawl with one of the best brawling teams in football
1: yeah i think it's it it, it's a really tough test maybe tougher than the record indicates um ravens have been up by 10 points in every game they've played which is a pretty remarkable thing and they've seemed to in the last couple of weeks got it figured out on defense where they're not giving up those leads uh you know when you add Rokon smith to this it gives them a dynamic and a playmaking thing that they didn't have early. Mm-hmm. I I just feel uh, maybe I over-worry about Jaguars opponents, but I feel like this is a team that's peaking at the right time. It's going to be focused. Uh, the Ravens are, are, are very well coached, and I like teams that know what they are, uh, and the Ravens fit that. I, I think this might be uh, – I would be surprised if the Ravens don't win this. I think it'll be close. I'd maybe be as surprised if they won this as any game left on the schedule. I think this may be the toughest. I know Dallas blew out Minnesota, but yeah. Dallas is a little bit up and down. Yeah. They Ravens me. are so consistent yeah. and so smart that I think this is a tough test, Buck.
3: Oh, it's a tough test. No, it's a tough test. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say, like, oh, this is one that they absolutely should be able to get. No, it's a tough test, but – It's a test, uh, nonetheless, that you got to take on because if you want to be one of those teams that's regarded as elite down the line, you got to learn how to play these kinds of teams. Because when you look at the way the league is evolving, we're seeing more teams. Uh, Rushing attempts are up this year. Uh, I mean, the highest mark through 11 games since I want to say 2008. Uh, Passing attempts are down. So the league is going back to yesteryear, where it's the running game, it's physical defenses. Those are the things that you have to have to win at a high level. And so Jacksonville has to be able to step up and deal with these kinds of teams because these are the teams that are going to be in the postseason tournament at some point when the Jaguars reach the playoffs.
1: How do you uh, simplify the defense? And specifically, how do you uh, try to improve against running quarterbacks? It's, it's been the Achilles heel of the defense. I think defense overall has been good against run except when they play Daniel Jones, RPO Giants, and uh, Jalen Hurts, RPO Philadelphia, and uh, guess what? Lamar's better than uh, both of those guys. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it, but I'm just wondering, Bucky, how, how do you see them trying to do anything different, more simple, whatever that means?
3: It's really hard. Uh, <laughs> the reason it's hard is because the Jaguars' personnel. Uh, the way that you stop the running quarterback and the RPO game is you have to make sure that you always have an additional defender in the box. Meaning if they're in uh, 11 personnel and they have uh, five linemen tight end in, in the back, well, you got to have an additional uh, thing. So if they have six in the box, you got to have seven. Because the quarterback evens up the number. And sometimes you got to drop eight to account for Lamar Jackson. And so to do that though, you have to be able to play man-to-man on the outside. Uh, are you good enough to hold up in those situations? We've seen the Jaguars struggle in man-to-man. But the only way you can deal with the myriad of RPOs and creative run pass option plays that people are throwing out there is you have to man up, you have to lock up, you have to tell those guys on the perimeter. You got to take care of your your dude, and we got to make sure that we crush. The running game and if you're unable to cover it then it man it just makes it for a long guessing game throughout six, a 60-minute affair
0: we'll come back in a moment social media question and our final thoughts ahead of this ravens jaguars matchup it's week number 12 the ravens at seven and three the jaguars three and seven this is huddle up with bucky brooks on the jaguars digital network Are you ready to join the Jaguars? Well, 2023 season ticket deposits are now open. Secure your place in line to select the best seats at the best prices with flexible payment options and pricing for every budget. You don't have to miss out. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets, place your deposit, and be at the bank for every big play in 23. That time of year already. Some home games remaining this season, of course, for the Jaguars. And welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Then we take a look outside TIAA Bank Field at the Miller Electric Center. Under construction, scheduled to be open next summer, and the Jaguars football offices will be in the building on the right, the indoor facility on the back end, the grandstand for the practice fields on your left, and it's moving along rapidly. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. JP Shadrick, John Ozier, Bucky Brooks. Earlier today, we put out the cat signal on Twitter, and here is the best we come up with today for social media questions, at Zach Bierman. At what point in sub packages will we see Allen and Walker with a hand on the ground? Could this help their get off? Does that anything to do with anything, Bucky?
3: Uh, some guys are more comfortable being in a three-point stance as opposed to standing up. A lot of times, coaches give guys the flexibility to do what they uh, feel most comfortable doing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll make that much of a difference. I think the main thing is what they do after the stance. Get off is important, but being a great pass rusher requires a few different traits. Uh, Great hand skills, great balance, great body control, burst, and then you have to finish. Uh, Too often, we haven't been in a true situation where we're able to get after the passer, meaning it's obvious passing downs. So now Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker can get in their stance and act like sprinters, pounce off the ball, and then go hunt the quarterback.
1: I agree. Yeah, yeah, the only X factor there is they have had leads late, haven't gotten there, but the opportunities there have been fairly minimal. Uh, and I'm always a big believer that, like Bucky, pass rushing is usually about pass rushing opportunities. It's hard to rush the passer in second and four. Uh, so I think that is a factor.
0: There you have it. Social media question is in. The Jaguars and the Ravens coming up Sunday. The game presented by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. The Ravens at 7-3, first place in the AFC North. The Jaguars 3-7, third place in the AFC South. And, Bucky, how you feeling about this one?
3: Uh, no, I think this was a real tough one. Uh, it's a tough one. So, normally in these games, if you're going to win it, uh, I think a lot of it depends on how Doug Peterson sets up the game. Uh, he talked about it. When when you hear Doug Peterson say, it's going to be very difficult to run, but we still have to run it, my expectation would be watch them spread it out, uh, very similar to maybe the way they attacked the Indianapolis Colts, where they went empty formation early, some five out, get the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands really quickly, and see if the guys can break a tackle and make plays uh, down the road. What you want to avoid is run the ball on every first down, and then you have second and twelve. So now Trevor Lawrence is throwing into the teeth of a defense that's cranking up all kinds of exotic pressures. So a mix of quick uh, hitting uh, first down plays, trying to get to second and manageable to keep your quarterback in a situation where he's able to kind of throw against a balanced defense as opposed to a loaded defense geared to stop the passing game.
1: Yeah, and that's really the uh, the art of trying to understand this offense a little bit, that when they do that, people will say, why didn't they run the ball more? But it's <laughs> it, you know, and 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 you hear it as well for the games, JP. Absolutely. But I mean, I think that's important to bear in mind that uh, when they do the short stuff early, like you're talking about, when they try to get that first down into a second and six rather than second and nine, uh, that's not conceding the running game, but it, it, it's trying to approach it the way it's trying to approach the running game the way they think will be most effective, and there's a difference there. But it'll, it, if it doesn't work, it'll cause me some grief, JP. <laughs> I
0: think so. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I can tell. Yeah. Um, all right. So 1 o'clock kickoff time uh, on uh, Sunday here at the bank. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Bucky, uh, favorite Thanksgiving food?
3: Go. Ooh. Um, I am a guy who likes sweet potato casserole. I know that's been very controversial. I like sweet potato casserole and I may be one of the few people that like a little cranberry sauce with my, uh, Thanksgiving meal. So that, that, that's where I'm at. That's what I got for you. It's your plate, whatever, you can put whatever you want on it. Uh,
0: I'm going to go green bean casserole with mushrooms in it. Oh, Man. I'm
3: not surprised. Green bean casserole, really? You're not surprised. That's in the top what is, five? What is that supposed green to be? Green bean number, casserole, probably number that's one. what you getting excited for? Green yeah, bean casserole? It. It. Not the with one the,
0: you just make out of the can. It's got to be
3: more, you know, like homemade. The French, with the French onion soup on top? On top. Like, that's what we're Let's doing? Let's go. Yes, we are.
1: All
3: right, we, Jay and me, J-O, I'm doing J.O., what are you doing? What, what, what's, your, um, what's your deal?
1: To me, the quality of stuffing slash dressing, whatever you prefer to call it, makes oh, or breaks yeah. Thanksgiving. If it yeah. – if, yeah, if that's good, I mean, I, sometimes it's bad, and it, it, but if if that is good, then everything else sort of follows.
3: We got we have giblets and gravy on top of that. Yeah, like we, we oh yeah. Okay, so, okay. I mean, see. That's, see? And you know what, Jay? I could, I could, I might be able to eat with you. I might be able to go over your house and sit down and have a plate. That, that green bean casserole thing that, I mean, that there's JP other things serving, on the plate. Yeah. It's not the only thing know. we're
0: eating over. I mean, come
3: on. I, I, yeah, I, I don't well, know. I just picture because
1: JP yeah, alone a, with just like a big plate of green bean casserole. A trough of green bean casserole. I
3: mean, he, you're going to have to lure me with like desserts or something like that. Cause right now, <laughs> if I'm weighing my options, I, I don't know about the green bean casserole deal. Uh, I don't Bucky,
1: know. Th- uh, my door is always open.
0: I appreciate it. As is it. mine, but apparently yeah. you don't want my <laughs> crappy casserole. Great. What do you
3: mean casserole, out the can? What Thanks doing? A lot.
0: <laughs> Unreal. Uh, enjoy. We'll talk to you next week, Bucky. Or on uh, Sunday. I guess we'll talk to you on Sunday. Uh, we'll
3: see let's you on Sunday. Let's do it. 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 Let's get it
0: up. Let's get it. That's Bucky Brooks. That's John Osher. Happy Thanksgiving to our crew. Joe Fortunato. Brent Reber, David Cho, Gabby Dalton, everybody involved with the Jaguars.com. And happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you for watching. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.